You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. What I have for you today um, is something that is, I've been studying for the last month, and I'll tell you how I got there. As a staff, so the pastors and, and, and Neva uh, and our spouses, uh, we decided we're going to read a book of the Bible together monthly. So this is the second month we've done it, right? Neva, we're on the book of Acts. There's 28 books in Acts. There are 31 days in so we had a couple days where we could just like blow it off and then still get back on track, right? Not that we did. But, uh, and so the book of Acts, and so what I did is I just took some, my own notes from the book of Acts. And you can see where we're going to be going here in the next couple months here at Praise Community Church about diving into the word and, and, and writing things down and just telling, and asking God, what are you showing me here? And so that's what I did. And so as I studied the book of Acts, I found three things that were revealed in the book of Acts. And if you have a, excuse me, if you got the bulletin today, you should have a blue sheet in there. And there's a lot of stuff on there. Because the reason why I put a lot of things on there is for that, give you the ability to go back and read on your own some of, the, some of the scriptures that I put in there. But three great things, and there's a lot of great things in the book of Acts that, that re, are revealed in there are the word. Jesus is the word, okay? The name of Jesus is revealed in there. And that is the authority of the believer. There's power in the name of Jesus. And the third thing there, of course, is the Holy Spirit who sets this whole thing up. He's, he comes, and we see in Acts 2, in a mighty way. And he drops in uh, there in the upper room, and people are filled with the Holy Spirit. They, they pray and they talk in other tongues, and people are attracted, and they get set free. All because... The word is preached. So what you're going to see in the book of Acts and what I'm going to talk about today is the word is Jesus. Okay? It says that in the book of, Je- in the book of John. The word became flesh and he dwelt among us. John 1.14. And so and it says in Genesis that the word's always been here. Before the, before the world was formed, there was the word. And you can see in Genesis 1 that God created everything with his words. So the word is Jesus. We got the physical word. We get a word from the Lord through the Holy Spirit. And we have the word who came and walked on, on earth, Jesus, and then died and rose again and ascended into heaven. So with the book of Acts, what they went out and did after the Holy Spirit fell upon them in Acts 2 is they went out and preached the word. You know, when I was a new Christian, a new believer, and not so long ago, when you think, your, your, mental, your mental mind thinks that somehow they were out there like me today with a script and it had all these great scriptures to fall back on in the New Testament to say, well, this is what the Word says, right? They didn't have uh, the, like we did. They had the Old Testament memorize some of these guys. The Holy Spirit gave them utterance. They didn't have a place where they could turn to there uh, on the second day after Pentecost and turn to Galatians 3 and, and start preaching out of it. All they had was the greatest thing you could ever have was the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And he gave them words to speak. And the word he gave him is, you need to go out and preach me. That's what Jesus basically said. If you preach me to the people, I will go with you. If you use my name and use that because of, of the power and authority that I've, I've downloaded in you from heaven, you use my name, you go preach the word. Go preach the message. Use my name. And who's going to go with you? The Holy Spirit's going to fill you up. And he's going to send you out. 
Three important things you see in the book of Acts. And so the book of Acts is commonly called the Acts of the Apostles. I'm not here to change the name of the Bible, but it's really the Acts of the Spirit-filled believers. When you think about it, because most of the, the, the disciples you see in there don't really have a lot of stuff written about them, what they did in the book of Acts. There's a couple of them in there, right? Peter, Paul. We read a lot about them in the book of Acts. But what happened was they went out and preached the word. People got saved. Those saved people went out and spread the word. Should be doing the same thing today, right? The Acts of Apostles should be alive and well today. If we would keep this formula up, we'd have a lot more people maybe who are saved. And so when I look at that, the relationship between the Holy Spirit and the believers, it's clearly portrayed in the book of Acts. There's this new relationship that people have with God. And the book of Acts, I believe, is the greatest manual for believers to follow. It is. The whole Bible is, but when you, I'm telling you, when you get into the book of Acts and you just, you go through it and you come back, you can just see, man, these guys were full of power. Ordinary Joes that ran and fled and hid. When they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they preached the word with boldness. They went and shared. They went into some places where they, they could have died and they did die. But they preached the word with boldness. And when I say preaching the word with boldness, preaching the word or teaching the word or showing the word or passing on the word, however you want to say it, isn't just for Pastor Jeff on Sunday morning. It's for all of us. We should be sharing the word with people. If we, if we believe the Holy Spirit is in us and we believe the message of Christ, what they are sharing, we should be sharing that as well. A lot of times as believers, we want, we want to make, we want to just like focus on all the negative things that people are doing in their life. Look at that person. How can they be saved? Look at that person. They got it worse than me. All someone really needs to hear is Jesus. First of all, do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Well, yes, I do. Well, here, let's get you back on track. Or if they say, no, I don't. Well, here, this is, this is who he is. He wants to have a relationship with you. It's that simple. That's the gospel message. The gospel message that people are trying to share is, is condemning people. That's not what the, uh, the disciples did. The only thing the disciples ever preached to people that sounded maybe a little bit condemning it was the ones that didn't believe Jesus. The religious people. I've been that person before. I got saved and I thought I knew it all and then I was like, well, look at those people. Look at me, I'm so awesome. And then I realized I'm one of those people in the Bible that thinks that I'm so awesome and I'm really not that awesome because I have this religious spirit. And that's what, Jesus, that's what the disciples were preaching against. They were preaching to these people and said, you need to change your ways and they didn't, some of them. But the people that did change their ways are the ones that received because of the person of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk a little bit about that. If you're a religious Pharisee, God will work on you. <laughs> He'll set you free. Because I think there's a part of us that all go through that a little bit. That we get this little religious tinge to our life and we think somehow we got it figured out and the rest of these believers, they don't have it figured out. And I'm here to tell you, none of us have it figured out. Only the Holy Spirit has it figured out. And we listen to him, he's going to tell you, he's going to give you a better way to preach. All right? We, the Spirit-filled believers, have everything we need inside us to spread the gospel of Jesus, to lay hands, to see miracles. The thing is, do you believe that? Did you once do that? Somehow you've gotten away from that. The disciples and the new believers preached the word. It was Jesus. They didn't have a New Testament, like I said, to, to preach from. They just went with whatever the Holy Spirit gave them. I like what it says in Matthew 28, and this is uh, in, in verse 18 through 20. This is a command Jesus gave them. He says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There was their mandate. Correct? They couldn't perform their mandate until they got filled with the Holy Spirit. They tried before. There's a couple stories in Luke where they said they, they went out and preached. They came back and they said to Jesus, you know, even the demons are subject to your name. But then they failed because they weren't filled. They had this, they had this covering of Jesus who was there. But, but they needed the infilling of the Holy Spirit to, to be consistent and stay with it. And that's what the book of Acts talks about. It's that Holy Spirit coming down, filling these guys, and they went out and preached the word. Our lives should look like people of Acts. You know, I'm not going to go back and live in a hut. <laughs> but my heart should be like the people of Acts, filled with the Holy Spirit, preaching Jesus, seeing signs and wonders and healing manifest. In the second chapter alone, after the Holy Spirit's of Acts alone, the Holy Spirit fell. Do you realize 3,000 people were saved? Do you read that in Acts? Do you know what happened at, at Mount Sinai when, when, when God gave the law to Moses? 3,000 people died. What I mean by that is we're in a new covenant here. We're under the law of the Holy Spirit, if you want to say it for lack of a better term, that now that because of the Holy Spirit and what God's done for us, we're set free. That's why people get saved. If you want to keep the law and try to keep all those Old Testament rules, go right ahead. It wasn't made for you if you're a born-again Christian. It says in 1 Timothy 1 that the, the, the law wasn't made for a righteous man or woman. I'm righteous in here because I believe Jesus is Lord. So that law, those, those rules, aren't, don't, aren't, aren't applying to me anymore because I now have following the law of the Holy Spirit. Do you see that between what the disciples, when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, what happened to them? They ushered in this new covenant. They said, we are now under the law of the Spirit, and we're going to do whatever the Holy Spirit tells us. And the only people that bucked them were the ones that said, there was no Jesus. He was not the Messiah. And he said, you know what? And the, the disciples said, well, this is, this is the mandate we got from God himself. This is what they remembered from what he told them that we read in Matthew 28. So, the Holy Spirit comes and fills these guys and they go out and they preach the word. They preach the word with boldness. Acts 2.41 says they received the word. So people had to receive the word. How would you receive anything? Only by someone giving you something. So someone must have given them the word that they, they, they could receive the word. That's Acts 2.41. That's great. That's Peter talking there, right? People in Acts, they, they, they get filled with the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit pours out of them and, and they, they, they speak in tongues and people are like, what is going on here? And Peter, the guy who was the number one scared person who fleed from Jesus, goes, oh, it's funny you should ask what's going on here. These people have been filled with the Holy Spirit, he says. And he goes on to tell them about all the crazy things that these people did killing Jesus. And he says, now the only thing you can do is repent and confess Jesus. And what does he tell them to repent of? All the sins and all the things they've done and all the laws they've broken? He just says, you need to repent of your wrong thinking. He says, you've been thinking that the only way to get through God is to be perfect. And he's saying, the only way to get through God is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus came to tell you. He says, this is the new covenant. That's what Peter's telling these people. You need to repent of your wrong thinking, he says. And come into agreement with what Jesus preached and what we're preaching here today. And allow God to work in your life. The book of Acts shows us there is life on this side of the cross. 
Everything in the Old Testament leads up to the cross. And then we have the cross, which is a magnificent event. Then we have the death, and then we have the resurrection. Then we have Jesus on earth. Then we have Jesus ascending into heaven. Then we have the Holy Spirit coming upon us. That's what I mean by on the other side of the cross. There's a new covenant there on the other side. And Jesus is saying through these people, this is it. It's time to preach me. And that's what they did. They preached the word. I love what it says in Acts 6, 7. Because they preached the word, Jesus, the word continued to increase. What increased? The message of Jesus Christ. What is that message? That it's, it's salvation through the risen Christ. That's the word they preached. Acts 4, 4 says, many who heard the word believed. And the number grew to 5,000. Men alone, it says. We don't even know how many women that is. Unfortunately, back then, they didn't record the women and the children. But if there was 5,000 men receiving the word, you put the number on it. I like to say there's a lot more that got saved that day. Acts 4.2 says they were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. They're preaching the word. We get into Acts 8. It says because of their faith and people received the word, they brought about many miracles. How did the miracles come? They heard the story of Jesus Christ. What was the story of Jesus? There's this man who's the Messiah that went about doing many miracles. And they preached that word. Acts 8.4 says, those that were scattered went about preaching the word. Verse 5 says, people went into the city of Samaria and proclaimed, to the, proclaimed the Christ. Verse 14 says, the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word and they sent John and Peter. Think about that. If you know anything about the Bible, the people in Samaria were like the lost people. The Jews hated them. So it was even worse that some of these people that were Jewish were getting the message of Christ, but now you're going to preach it to those people? Those people aren't even, they don't even have a country. They're on both sides of the fence. They're the worst of the worst. That's what the Jewish people thought of the Sumerians. You ever been one of those people? I have. Someone puts you in a category as you're one of those people. You can't receive. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. And, and right here in the book of Acts, right at the beginning almost, they go out filled with the Holy Spirit and they preach to those people. And those people received the gospel. And the Jewish people were freaking out. How can those people receive the gospel? And the gospel message is, it's not for just those people, it's for all people. The message is for everybody. You're just choosing to not receive is what they would tell the Jewish people. Acts 12, 24 says, the word multiplied and grew. What, what grew? The message of Jesus Christ. What was that message? That he is risen. You can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's the message they preached. Acts 13 goes on to say, we see that, this is my paraphrase, we see that it was the word of the Lord that got people excited. What was the word of the Lord? It was salvation through the risen Christ. But when we see the word stirred up, we see persecution, don't we? Let me say this. It was the word that was being persecuted. Anyone ever felt like, you don't have to raise your hand, like you've, because you tried to share someone with Jesus, you felt you offended somebody or you felt persecuted and they shunned you or pushed you away? Let me tell you one thing. You're in a good position. Because that's what happened to all sorts of people throughout the Bible. But if you get this mindset that it's not you that's personally being persecuted. It's the word of God. The word offends. When the word of God is preached, two things are going to happen. There's going to be a revival or there's going to be a revolt. 
and you have no control on which one is going to be accepted or which one's going to be revived or which one's going to revolt against you. Your mission, my mission, is just preach Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. And that's what happened with the disciples. Look at, look at the Apostle Paul. If you ever want to understand anything more about who is being persecuted in the Christian world, look at, the, look at Saul in Acts 9. It says, if you ever need, it says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who's speaking there? From heaven. Jesus is speaking to him. He doesn't say, Saul, Saul, why are you picking on those people? Why are you persecuting those people? Why are you jailing those people? He says to Saul directly, and this sums it up for me, why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, who is this? He says, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. That makes me feel better. That my message is good. My message is solid. My message is the truth. And if someone doesn't receive it, I can't do anything about it. But we easily get offended as Christians when someone doesn't, doesn't join in or, or, or feel like we've, or we've preached the word good enough or whatever. So it's not, it's not you that's being persecuted. It's the message. It's powerful. There's power in the name of Jesus. You preach that message, there's going to be some people that will come against the word. You see it all the time. Persecution stops people, but not the word. If people won't stop, the word won't stop. You see many times in, the, in Acts where they stayed a long time in a certain city and they preached the word, but they also moved on. They dusted off their sandals, right? Sometimes you just got to dust off your sandals. It's, you know, the only problem is we have family, right? How many people in here are like me where when we go talk about Jesus at my, in my family all the time, yikes. It's not fun all the time. So what do we do? We talk about football, which is, well, in my house, we talk about hockey. We talk about everything else. And I'm, I'm not talking about my family. I'm talking about like my family throughout North America. I got family all over North America, you know? It's easy for me to stand up here and preach Jesus to you because 9,900 times no one's going to stand up and say, you're in, who, remember who you used to be? Remember you used to be one of those people? It's pretty safe up here, you know? Some people might think this is pretty scary preaching from the pulpit. This is the easiest place in the world to talk about Jesus because you guys came to hear about Jesus, right? And same with, 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 with you sitting out there to, today. You go to, your, you go to your Bible study, you go to worship practice, you go to youth ministry. Think of all the things you do that are involved in the Christian community. It's easy. Like I said today, it's like, I'm so proud of myself today because I preached Jesus to Cassie. And I, you know, yeah, that's a, I could give her a word of revelation, but how hard is it to preach to her? Pretty easy, right? It's a lot harder when you have to go out there and there's some bucking against you, Right? And, and, and so my challenge is that we would, we would we'd allow the Holy Spirit to, to give us the word to speak. It says in 14, Acts 14, 3, they spoke boldly for the Lord. Boldly. God will give you the words through the Holy Spirit to speak boldly. He'll give you the right words. Sometimes it's just like, well, all I know is that Jesus is Lord and... Uh, I can show you in the Bible where that's at. And, and you know, John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he sent his only son and whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. Uh, there's, there's your gospel message. I think sometimes we skip over John 3.16 like, oh, everybody's heard that one. I know what that one says. Really? You can, that's your biggest bullet right there sometimes. Just pull that one out and fire away. John 3.16. And then, and then it's the Holy Spirit who's going to convict the person 
over here that's not a believer, whether they're going to believe or not. Your job is done. You went and preached the word. And God's going to anoint you to keep moving on. Acts 17 says, Paul rolls into another town, and you know what it says? He immediately headed into the temple. And he preached there for three straight Sabbaths, it says in Acts 17. Three straight, so, so when Paul and these disciples, when they got booted out of another ta- of a town, or they got forced out of a town, or they felt like the Holy Spirit was leading them to another town, they went right into the temple. Now who was in the temple? The religious people. The ones that didn't want to hear the word. Now sometimes they really got into some, some problems, but when in, verse seven, in Acts 17.10, they said they went into the area called Berea, and they didn't go there to hide or vacation because they'd been pushed around. It says they went to the synagogue right away. And it says in verse 11 that these people received the word with eagerness. How many of you have ever had somebody receive the word with eagerness? I have. If I would have stopped after the first person pushed me out and never preached the word again, that person that received it with eagerness would never heard the word, right? Yeah, keep going. The book of Acts is just that, that, that great story of us that these, these uneducated dudes who got filled with the Holy Spirit just talked about Jesus. This is the way. And when they preached Jesus and they preached the word, stuff got done. People got healed because there's power. We'll get to that. It's the word that changes people. It's the good news. So preach the word to people. Show them who Jesus is. If you feel like you've been persecuted, it's the word that's being persecuted. If you are one of those people that likes to persecute other people, you're really persecuting Jesus. You're not even persecuting that person. Make you change your words sometimes when we talk to people. The gospel of the good news will change people. It's not about shaming or shunning or pointing out their faults. The word heals. There's a time and a place where we can tell somebody, you know what, what you're doing right now isn't very good. But I guarantee you, 100% of the people that come to you 99% 99% of the people that come to you looking for help already know that their life is messed up. You don't have to tell someone who's addicted to drugs that's lost everything. Well, the problem is you're addicted to drugs and you've lost everything. No, duh. I know that. Everyone's been telling me that. No one will give me an answer on how do I help myself. Oh, I got an answer for you. It's going to get messy sometimes, isn't it? It's going to get messy at times when you try to help people in all areas of life. So Paul preached the word, it says in Acts 19. And he says he preached to a bunch of sorcerers. What are those, witches or someone crazy that is trying to put spells on people? It says he preached to these sorcerers and they did a couple things. First thing they did was they believed the word. So Paul preaches the word. These ungodly people hear the word. They believe the word. And then what it says later, it says, after they heard the word, they confessed what they were doing was evil and they burned their evil books. Isn't that great? Isn't that the order how it goes? You tell someone about the word, you allow them a chance to receive the word, you let the Holy Spirit speak to them and then they realize, man, these books and these practices I'm doing, this is really not good for me. I gotta get rid of it. A lot of times in the Christian community, it's like, you got to get rid of this, you got to get rid of that, you got to stop smoking, you got to stop drinking, you got to stop doing this and that. And once you get that figured out, God can use you. Then you can have the relationship because your fruit is really bad right now. And I'm like, that's terrible. That never would have got me anywhere. It's like, let's get Jesus in you and allow him to work through you. And then your fruit's going to turn around. You'll start producing good fruit. That's the message of the gospel. 
It's not that we don't care about people's sin or we leave them where they're at. It's just that you have to have the right order to set somebody free. You have to have the proper order. And the proper order is what the disciples did in the book of Acts. They preached the word. And when they preached the word, people received the word. And the word was received, miracles and wonder happened. That's the proper order. You're going to see more fruit from your evangelism, if you want to call it that, by preaching Jesus. And some people will disappoint. And some people will be like, wow. I have a gentleman in our church today. He wasn't here earlier. One year sober today. He's over there reading the Bible today. My buddy Zach. Tatted up and earrings and he looks like he could knock the out of me. Right? But that dude came in his church and heard the word of Jesus. And it transformed him. And we've had many people like Zach come into this church but he chose to stick it out and allow God to work in his life. And I really believe it's because a lot of the people here just received him. How many people that have had drug problems have been through these doors? Thousands. How many we got left? A handful. I see another gentleman in here too that's been through the same thing. It's because the word was preaching. Jesus is about love. And when you preach Jesus to people and you show them what the word says, you get them teamed up with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to help them out. And then we come alongside. Do people fail? Yes. Does it get messy? It can. But the message is still the same. It's Jesus Christ. It's the word. And that's all the book of Acts, if you look at it, is preaching is the word. It's preaching Jesus. Now, how does the, what's the New Testament, the rest of the New Testament, really all about? Most of it's about Paul writing letters to people saying, you're doing a good job or you're getting away from the word. Look at Galatians 3. You, you, it says basically, I think in the Phillips version of the message, Galatians 3.1, you stupid Galatians. You started so good in the spirit and in the word. Why have you given that up and tried to do it on your own strength? He just points them back to the word. It's all right there. I love that. I love the fact that you can be set free from anything because someone has preached the word to you. My person that preached the word to me was Pastor Jeff. But I'd go home on Sunday night and I'd watch Joel Osteen every Sunday night for like ever. I love that guy. And he would tell me that you can have this relationship with Jesus. I think I told this last time I was praying. So I'd listen to him. I'm like, I want that. And I'd pray salvation prayer. And finally after about six months, Cassie goes, you got it already, all right? You're saved. I'm like, well, but then it wasn't until till, till I allowed the Holy Spirit to work in my life that I got this inkling that I was saved. All right? So never underestimate the power of someone's word, whether it's coming from TV or somewhere else. If they're preaching Jesus, it's going to get into you. That's why it's important for us. I'm sure all of you have your own personal experience, like who really got you over the top. I know it was from Bible-based teaching from Pastor Jeff. He really spoke to me. Because he spoke the truth and love and he spoke to me about this is who you can be. But there was the, was the help of other people too that, that come alongside me and, and, and shared the word with me. Everybody knew that I had a problem partying. I went to Bible study with Pastor Jim and Dave Sorensen and Roger Vanderpalug and no one ever mentioned anything. They just treated me like I'd been a Christian my whole life. It's like I was the Apostle Paul. It's like this guy is just, he's part of the kingdom. And then just slowly works on you. And sometimes for others, it quickly works on you. And you get set free. And how did we get set free? Is because somewhere 2,000 years ago, 
The Holy Spirit sent these guys out to preach. And the fruit of their labor is us here today. Think about that. When you think about that, we should be able to just fire it up and be ready to go out and share the word. I'm going to skip ahead because I'm like all over the place. But that's how I roll. So, uh, Alrighty. Just hang with me. Got some music you could play back there, Brandon, that they could just wait I'm waiting. Well, and in Acts three sixteen it says, um, and and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong who you who you see. And he's talking about Jesus. And so my next thing I want to talk about is the power in the name of Jesus. And I'm gonna find that here. I got so much things, people, my mind will blow you away here. Um, I'm kind of lost right now. Okay. I think I know where I'm at. We're talking about the name of Jesus. And the name of Jesus, I'm going to say, gives us a power of attorney to use his name. Do you know what that means, power of attorney? Have you ever, have you ever had a, someone in your life that needed, that was incapacitated and, and you had to pay bills, you had to sell real estate, whatever? They give you this power of attorney. And the power of attorney and Charlize, you could probably tell him about it because she's worked with other people before in, in, that, in that area, like elderly people. It's like, you have authority, okay? And so you have authority over someone's life. And that's when we use Jesus' name, he's, he's basically given us the power of attorney to use his name. Well, who says you can preach the word here? Jesus does. I just invoked that name. That gives me my power. And so when I was, when I was five, six, seven years old, um, as many of you know, my dad played professional hockey for 17 years. And most of it was before I was born. But when I was five, six, uh, maybe even a little younger, uh, he was playing his last few years in Phoenix. Uh, and I'd go to the games with my family. And at the end of every game, um, I wanted to go down to the locker room and see my dad and hang out with all the players, right? And so we would walk down through the crowd. There'd be 10, 12,000 people there, whatever it was. And I'd go through the crowd, down through the mezzanine, and then you come to those riot gates. You know what I'm talking about? Those metal gates look like bike racks that you can't get past. And there's all these fans there. They just want to talk to one of the players or something, right? And I'd walk up to the front of the gate holding my mom's hand. My mom would say, this is Mark Hicks. He wants to see his dad, Wayne Hicks. Well, they all knew who Wayne Hicks was because he's one of the best players on the team. And so the gate would just swing right open. And in I would go. And then he would shut the gate behind me. Think about that. That's using the power of a name. I like to think that the apostles were like into the business of just some spiritual name dropping, right? Just drop a name. Yeah, well, I was, you know, so-and-so. It's like if you think about someone, if you ever had to get a job and you're just like, what do you do? You try to get on your job application some people that work there that like you. And then so when they ask them, oh, they used, uh, they used Callie for a uh, 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 a recommendation. Kelly, what do you think of Mark? So well, hopefully, you know, Kelly and I got this good relationship. I dropped the name of Kelly so I get some sway wherever she's working. I'm not going to be working over at Mark at 124, though. No, I'm not doing that. But the, you know what I'm saying? So there's power in the name. And that's what, that's what the apostles did. Everything they did, the disciples, everything they did, they just used the name of Jesus. Well, whose authority says that, that you could be here? Whose authority says that he's the Messiah? Whose authority says that you can cast out demons? Jesus. He gave us that authority. And every time they did something, they preached and they taught and they always said, it's through the name of Jesus. You look, at, you look in John, it's like, use my name. 
in, in John 15, 16 says, whatever you ask the Father in my name. He's just setting them up for the authority. John 16, 23, truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name. You can go on and on. That's where the Holy Spirit gave them power to use the name. And in the, in the beginning, I really believe the disciples had really rev, any revelation of what they were going to do when they, just, when they went out to the world. They had no idea. The only idea they had is the last person that preached this message got hung on a cross. That's the revelation they had. But when they went out and used the authority of Jesus' name, like Jesus told them, that you have all authority under heaven and earth to use my name, things got done. If you look in different scriptures, it says that in Acts 2, it says they repented and got baptized in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus forgives sins. It will download the Holy Spirit in us by repenting. It says they could, have, they, they could be saved from this crooked generation. What was the crooked generation they were talking about? It's those religious fanatics back there that didn't like Jesus, that preached against him. That's the perverse generation. He's saying there's a new generation here. It's a, it's a, it's a generation of believers. Acts 3 says that people got healed. This lame beggar got healed. How? In the name of Jesus. And I like what they throw in there too, just for a little, little fork in the side. He got healed in the name of Jesus. Of Nazareth. Remember, nothing ever good comes out of Nazareth. But apparently it does because we're healing people in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's me. I'm a lot more cockier than most people. So that's how I'd be like, check it out. You guys don't like Nazareth? Well, this, we're, we're healing people in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. They used his name. They dropped it. They threw it around. Not flippantly, but with authority. Big difference. And it says in verse 16, it says, And by his name he's made them strong. Acts 4.10 says, Peter, who was full of the Holy Spirit, tells the accusers that this man was healed by the name of Jesus. And then verse, says, verse 12 in Acts says, there's no other name that you can get salvation except through the name of Jesus. There's no other name. People ever want to tell you, well, there's, there's multiple ways to get to heaven? You say, no, there's not. There's only one way to get to heaven. That's through the name of Jesus and believing on that. That settles it right there for me. And the Holy Spirit will do this in anyone. These were ordinary Joes who were easily confused and fleed early, but now they were standing firm in their faith and using the name of Christ with authority. What a difference. How many weeks did it take for them to get there? A couple weeks? Three weeks? Until the Holy Spirit fell on them after, after Jesus ascended into heaven? Probably not that long. There's power in the name of Jesus. I'm going to leave it at that, Jason, if you're around. I'll call you up. Because I think I'm just going to stop there, and the next time I preach, I'm going to pick it up. I think I got about as far as I did last time. And if they're, when they're coming up here, I just want to read a couple things to you. If you feel like, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to share this. In Acts 5.41, it says this, they rejoiced because they were counted worthy to suffer for the name, the name of Christ. And maybe there are some of you here today who feel you've, you've suffered in your life because of your family name or a label that's been attached to you. And I say God has given you the authority to change your name. I call myself Mark, child of God. I even have a middle name. It's redeemed. So when someone wants to attach something to me to say, you know what? This is who I am. I am Mark, redeemed, child of God. Take those old labels, those old things that people attach to you, and don't call yourself and don't let that 
be called you anymore because you are a child of God. You have been redeemed. Start labeling yourself as God has labeled you. The name above all names calls you by a new name. And it's redeemed, it's saved, it's righteous. And don't dwell on the past or try to rehash all the old garbage in your life trying to wonder what went wrong. You are a new creation. Focus on what Jesus did for you and move forward. So the book of Acts, they used the word. They used the power of Jesus' name and they allowed the Holy Spirit to work in their life. That should be no different from us. There's so much power in the name of Jesus. There's so much power in the person of the Holy Spirit that it raised Christ from the dead. That's the power you have. And the word does not return void. So however way you preach it in love, it's going to settle in someone's heart and they're going to have the choice to make whether they want to be saved or not be saved. And remember, it's not you that's being persecuted. It's not you that's being pushed away. It's the word. You know, if Paul, would have, if Paul never would have became Paul, there would have been someone else in line. What do you think? He would have found someone else, but God found his perfect person. Amen? So as we finish in worship today, if you need prayer, I will have some people up here. We will have some people up here that would love to pray for you for wherever it is. If you've never received Jesus Lord, you can come up, we can pray you salvation. If you'd like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'll lay hands on you and pray for that. If you miss communion, it's still up here. Um, but just be blessed and know that, you know, you are a child. If you've received the Lord, that you are his and he loves you very much. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.